0: Hello, and welcome to Healing Voices. This is episode 5 of a new podcast all about holistic approaches to health and well-being. My name is Jamie Griffiths, I'm a massage therapist living and working in Hackney. This episode features a conversation with Peter Moritz. Peter is a wonderful massage therapist, and he's also a Rosen Method bodyworker. If you've never encountered Rosen Method bodywork before, well, you're about to. Uh, My conversation with Peter covers Peter's journey from businessman to bodyworker via cancer, being shown the path by plant medicine, the therapist's journey as inner work, Rosen Method the soundbite version, the relationship between physical holding and emotional holding, helping people connect with their bodies and their selves, spirituality and more lessons from plant teachers, myofascial release as a deeper, more mindful kind of massage, and the inseparability of mind and body. My conversation with Peter was recorded at Healing Space on Chatsworth Road in Lower Clapton on August 17th, 2022.
1: Okay, I think we're good to go. Is that recording?
2: That's a recording. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's no kind of you know formal um, <laughs> process
1: for starting these. So, um, not not formal, it's
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have no like opening ceremony. Already. Um mm. First of all, your name, Peter Maritz. Maritz, yeah, Maritz.
1: yeah. That's the right pronunciation. That's me.
2: Okay, well. Peter Moritz, welcome Thank to you the Human this podcast. <laughs> it's lovely to be here. Thanks, Jamie. Um, thanks for coming on. Um, so, I don't want to, like, in the last conversation with Tasha, I launched right in with, are you a sound healer? And she was mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, but I'm like, a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not going to put a label on you. I'm just a, I'm a massage therapist. Massage therapist? <laughs> That's, okay. Pew. Great. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but big butt. yeah. Um, well, what do we start with? Like, what brought you
1: to MasterChef? How did your life My start? Genesis. And what? How uh, did you get here? Well, listen, it was never on the cards. Um, I had a few previous careers, but the last career that I had was uh, uh, in hospitality. So, um, I had a sort of like a fairly big um, catering business. Okay. So I was Mr. Businessman with yeah. a big sort of commercial kitchen in Shoreditch and working 60-hour weeks and, you know. Wow. And then I got really ill. Well, yeah, it was an interesting year. I had a bit of a, like an epiphany, you know, that my life was meaningless. How long, how long ago was <laughs> this? This was in uh, 2015, 2016, yeah. Okay. So I... To cut a very long story short, I just sort of came to a point where it wasn't even like a kind of conscious decision, it was my body kind of telling me that like, I wasn't living in any kind of way that felt congruent, you know, like my private and uh, sort of inner life was one thing and then I had to sort of be in the world and another thing and they just didn't match up. And uh, I decided to stop. That was literally all it was, I couldn't figure out how I what I needed to change, how I could do what I was doing uh, better to sort of nourish me in a different way, and I sat with it and sat with it, and I just got more and more sort of unwell in my body until I just decided, well, I just need to stop, and that's what I did. I closed my business and uh, sold it off to a lot of a lot of the equipment to charity, and I didn't want to make money from it. I just got rid of it. And then literally the last week that I was in business, I was packing up uh, my business, literally. Um, I'd had like an ongoing sort of issue um, that I went to the doctor with, couldn't get sorted. And then she went to a specialist and I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh. So that was literally the last week. And then that's, you know, cancer becomes like a journey in itself. And you go into the sort of treatment I was too overwhelmed to consider any options so I just went like everybody else does into the sort of western medical system and the NHS and they looked after me really well and I came through it and I'm okay now uh, sort of after five or six years what it is now um, but that became like an interesting journey you know as this like sort of living with the disease living with the treatment which is pretty horrendous know, to be fair. And I guess it sort of brought me into like a sort of intimacy with myself that I I then recognized was what I was asking or needing in my life. Right. And, you know, I work with plant medicine. So many months later, after I was kind of uh, okay with the cancer, I thought, well, I'm going to go to the jungle and just sort of take some sort of natural stuff and just see if I can clear out my system and ask what to do. And body work came out of that in one of the sessions that I did. Wow. Okay. Uh, Yeah, very mysterious. I mean, ayahuasca is like a a whole different podcast, we can talk for days about that. But yeah, yeah, I got to I kind of just I sort of just put the intention out in one of the sort of ceremonies and said, Well, I've learned so much, but what do I do now? You know, like, well, how do I put all of this? Learning and processing into some sort of form in my life because I was coming back to London with no career, no job. Right. Yeah. Just did a lot of sort of inner learning. And in that ceremony I was kind of shown just that I was going to be with people hands on but it wasn't massage, it wasn't this, it wasn't that. And I was just completely mystified but I just immediately knew that was it. That just kind of keyed in, you know, it was like sort of Something that I hadn't recognized in myself before that was kind of shown to me. Right. And I was talking to one of the other uh, people on the retreat, uh, a friend of mine now uh, lives in Finland, and we were sitting by the river uh, in the Amazon in the jungle, and I was getting to know her, and I said, Well, oh, you know, like, what do you do? And she said, Oh, she's a Rosen method bodywork practitioner. I said, Oh, I never heard of that. What's, what is this? And she says, it's difficult to describe, you know. It's kind of like a sort of it's a sort of touch-based therapy, but it's kind of very therapeutic. And the more she was talking about it, the more I recognised that that was kind of like what I was kind of shown. So it kind of like there was like a link yeah. to the real world, and suddenly I had something to sort of cling on to. And then I came back to London, looked into it, and went. Uh, you know like on a sort of what we call intensives you know like that's the kind of training modules and it just fell into place I just knew it was the work that I needed to do and I thought well I'll do the training and start working and then realized the training is kind of like goes on forever (laughs) it takes uh, it can take people kind of like I know people that have been sort of you know, learning for 10, 15 years and still aren't practitioners, so right. I'm for five years into my apprenticeship and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an intern, so I'm building a practice and I'm able to sort of treat clients and I think because the training, you know, was just sort of indefinite, I thought, well, a good place to start just to sort of make a living would be just to get some hands-on, literally experience, so I train in massage and my facial release and now those kind of three things form the sort of cornerstones of the work that I do. Right, yeah. That's it. That's my genesis. <laughs> wow, okay, that's
2: really surprising. Because um, I had assumed, you know, uh, the
0: massage would have been
2: the start of the journey, and then you found Rosen. Yeah, Leder, the, but your the whole training in massage has been informed by this uh, intention
1: to, do, to become a Rosen. Practitioner. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, I mean, like, I think it kind of like underscored the massage because I just had this sort of intuitive kind of feeling that like something really powerful happens when you touch someone, you know, like I've, I've never been interested in sort of really working in a clinical way. You know, a lot of people do that much better than I can. But there was always this kind of like mystery of like, actually, what happens when two human beings come together? Hmm. In that sort of like intimate setting, and you know, you touch them, but in a way, they touch you back because something kind of resonates back, right? So, that's yeah. that that I've been exploring in my work. So, and that's always been how I kind of work with massage is kind of like what happened, how deep can you go with somebody else, right? How, how deep can you meet someone, you know, what level? I don't think that's explored enough. Massage, you know,
2: yeah, yeah, and it's um, like it strikes me that you know, you've you said that what kind of brought you to it was this, or perhaps this realization that you needed to um, get more in touch with your own body, or
1: like become exactly. more embodied. Well, why does anyone get mm-hmm. into therapeutic practice? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. think. I think most, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not a therapist, you know, in the traditional sense of the word, but I, I I'm sort of uh, I live with one. And, uh, you know, like, so I've, I've met a lot of therapists, and I think most of them would agree that like, you know, we get into this kind of work because we work on ourselves as yeah. well, you know, it's learning. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's a, there's this kind of strange thing. The resonance that happens, like in this work, you know, it's, it's it's like I say, you know, touch works both ways. Yeah. You know, you can't touch on without it somehow being affected in your own nervous system as well. Yeah. So that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. Okay.
2: And so like, I guess for listeners who are not familiar with Rosen mm. method, we should probably unpack that a little bit more. The
1: question that I've been dreading. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a question that I've, uh, yeah, I've
2: been kind of dreading uh, talking about as well, because you sent me some stuff to look at before mm. the interview, and it looks, I'm like, oh, I want to learn this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, everybody it's really should learn Rosen touch. Um, but yeah. yeah if you I guess I don't know we, we don't want to put okay. it into too small in a nutshell
1: but it, in the nutshell version it's so yeah. hard you know like and you speak to experienced frozen practitioners and like it's a perennial joke it's like what is it you know? yeah <laughs> there is a kind of mystery to it so I guess the I mean the soundbite for those listeners mm-hmm. out there who are interested in kind of like having it in a nutshell I think the way it's mostly just kind of described on the websites and stuff it's a very gentle um manual therapy that uses touch and words, you know, to get in touch with um, physical holding that's also somehow connected with subconscious holding, so mm-hmm. sort of like emotional holding. That's in a nutshell, but that really doesn't do it. sort of any justice. I think uh, what happens in a rosen session is that we kind of create through our presence and through the kind of quality of our touch, like a certain quality of unconditional holding for the other client so that they can really start feeling like into themselves and experience themselves embodied. You know, like I think we, as you know, like I think we live 90% of our time up here, uh, you know, in the head. Um, we are, you know, we're born with a kind of blank imprint, uh, or, and then we are imprinted with stories by our parents, our society, our culture, by ourselves, and that becomes who we believe we are, you know, and I think very often those can't, don't always, like, reflect the truth of who we are, and the body somehow is involved with that, you know, somehow we kind of think it's all up here. Yeah to be kind of like unraveled in a therapist's uh, uh, on a therapist's couch but you know like all of that um, narrative that we hold about ourselves as truth there's also somehow help in the body so you know it's difficult to kind of explain without sort uh, of demonstrating with hands but um, <laughs> you know the body shows up with all sorts of tensions where we just where we kind of stop ourselves you know from kind of feeling stuff you know that might be stuff that's kind of overwhelming at the time that we experience them and that gets locked so the breath can start feeling restricted in the body, um, parts of the body can become like tightened. If you look at a newborn baby and you look at how they breathe, if, if they're asleep, you can literally see the entire body not moving. Yeah. The arms, the chest, the, you know, like they breathe three dimensionally. Yeah. But if you look at an adult, it's usually just either up here in the chest or yeah. it's the belly. You know, and the rest can be really still. So that's usually a clue because the breath doesn't lie. You know, so that's a that's something that we work with quite a lot in Rosen. You know, it's sort like of looking at where the breath flows. Where, But there's also, there's much more to it. You know, I think when you really, if you kind of touch someone in that sort of quiet still open kind of space where you're just constantly inviting them in uh, and you reflect back to the client what what you notice and that's all you do okay. you, know, you see you might notice that it just doesn't feel like you can contact them in certain parts of their body you know that sounds a bit mysterious but You know, when you put your hands on someone, sometimes you can just feel vitality. You can kind of like really feel like you're in contact with that person quite deeply, and then other parts feel still, and you might just reflect that back. And that either lands with the client or it starts an inquiry for them. It's kind of like, oh, what is that? And that very often can lead to like an emotion that's kind of like locked in. And when those emotions start showing up, you know, for them in a session, It's almost as if there was this kind of like hidden file somewhere buried like in the body that then shows up. And when it's kind of witnessed, you know, in consciousness, in awareness, then somehow there's this kind of integration that takes place for people so that they just start feeling themselves and start feeling all of themselves, you know, um, as embodied beings. And then like somehow, you know, we come out of a Rosen session feeling like we we're more alive, you know, in ourselves. And that gives us like a sense of sort of like a different possibility, not necessarily that you resolve what was there, but somehow just that you're in contact with it. So that like, you know, have a choice, you know. also as an embodied being, you know, this this wonderful thing is, it's this like, even after a massage, you know, sometimes you can walk out and you just have a sense of having a bit more space or a bit more movement. Because, yeah. you know, like we've managed to kind of open up sort of tightness in the body. And I always invite clients after metals to say, like, they're always going to say, okay, what exercises do I need to do? Right. <laughs> How do I keep it up? And I say, it's kind of more important just to be, you know, just like be with your body. Just feel, oh wow, what does that feel like? You know, that, and that can translate into being in the world in a different way as a kind of physical being. So, it's beautiful work. Yeah, it sounds profound work, and I've seen amazing changes in clients. You know, transformative kind of stuff in a subtle, gradual kind of like way, growing back into yourself. That's the nature of it. And and why do people, in your experience, why do people
2: seek it out, the Rosen method? Because it's not not something I'd heard of um, until
1: I met you. it's a, it's an interesting question. You know, some people like come with physical kind of pain and mm-hmm. they might say like, you know, there's this, and actually Marion Rosen, who developed this work, uh, started out as a physiotherapist. So, right. you know, with, this is not energy work, you know, like this is kind of very grounded in working with the kind of physicality of the kind of body you know, yeah. and working with the kind of tension. So that's the one. Thing that people always assume, like, oh, this Rosen and it's, oh, it's energy, wah rah wah, but it's actually not, you know. So, um, a lot of people do come with uh, pain, but like I always try and explain that like fixing is not really the object of Rosen; it's more kind of deepening, deepening your awareness, you know. So it's process work rather than result work. Um, I think most clients now, I find seek it out because they just want more connection with themselves, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think we're perennially living in our heads, you know. It's kind of like how culture is kind of like taught us, molded us, you know. We completely sort of like divorced from our experience. And although people might not understand it as a disconnection, there is a this this kind of crisis of felt kind of disconnection mm-hmm. in the world, you know we kind of see it with kind of like the feeling disconnected from nature, feeling disconnected in relationships. And Rosa Method offers that person like an hour where, A, they can be connected deeply with themselves, but also really, really deeply connected with another human being. And that seems like a really obvious thing, you know, uh, because we all have friends and most of us are in relationships and so on. But how often, even in those situations, are you really, truly seen? Mm. Really, truly, deeply kind of seen with all your stuff and held, unconditioned. It's rare, you know? Yeah. So people yearn. I think there's a yearning. The heart is yearning. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and what is the relationship with like psychotherapy? Because I know, like, in the backstory mm. of um, mm. uh, Rosen Method, yoga features in there somewhere, right? And that kind of Jungian... Was it her husband who was a Jungian?
1: uh, Yeah, don't quote me on this, anyone, um, because I I probably needed to kind of swat up a little bit. Um, Marion wanted to be a dancer. You know, this is going back to sort of like uh, the 30s, 40s in Germany, where she was born and grew up. Um, but she was too tall, too lanky, and too kind of her nature was a bit boisterous. You know, we used to call her the black cat. You know, so she was a bit like rambun- rambunctious. So she never. But she, she, uh, I think her mother kind of suggested, listen, you've got to do something with your life. So go and spend some time with this friend of a friend, and this friend of a friend happened to be uh, Lucy Hire, who is a breath worker working kind of quite experimentally and. It was Lucy Higher circle, I think it was her uh, husband, okay. yeah, who actually worked with Jung, so there was this um, sort of tangential kind of like uh, connection right. uh, And actually they found that breath work, because they were trying to find out an experiment whether breath work could actually enhance the uh, efficacy of um, analysis, you know, mm-hmm. Jungian analysis, and they found that it did. Um, but then, you know, so that was the, her, but that's before she even did body work. And she fled Germany because she was Jewish and went through Scandinavia and London and landed up in California and studied uh, to be a physiotherapist when it was a fairly new kind of thing. And then very gradually, she kind of like realized that the less she did, the more she achieved, you know. <laughs> um, and that's how she sort of built a name. And it was this like, oh, Marion's got this kind of gift and, for many years, people passed like, what do you actually do? You know, because she just used to kind of gently talk to people, ask them about their lives and somehow their pain disappeared, you know, like things changed for them. And then eventually, like, uh, she had an assistant who worked with her, who convinced her to work as an apprentice. And it was like very gradual, they sort of like managed to find a way that people could learn like this kind of beautiful kind of thing that she did. And I think that's why the training takes so long, because mm. it's it's also really about your own process. Right. You know, it's about your own learning, about your own embodiment. So you need to kind of clear out your own stuff in order to do this work, in a way. You know? Okay. Which, of course, is what I like about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so just, just so then that goes back to your earlier question of kind of like, you know, my experience in the jungle and yeah. needing to get in touch with myself. And this work gives that, you know, it's a yeah it's and the training is not only about you know it's not like you go on a course that you learn how to give uh, the training is set up so that you receive as much as you give so it's both ways these kind of week-long trainings that we do is all about you go as someone who also receives but learns how to sort of be with people in the same way it's great it's great right yeah yeah and so is there
2: a lot of kind of inner or like Personal self-development work as part of the training. Hundred yeah. percent.
1: Yeah, the training is uh, these kind of week-long retreats are set up around sort of demonstrations where sort of teachers work with in small groups, so you can mm. sort of see what happens. And then you also you get to be like a body on the table. For, yeah. You know, for groups. Uh, so there's that, and then there's a lot of circle work, a lot of sort of processing, okay. yeah. you know, and movement. I forget to mention. That's also, there's two sides to it. So Marion developed the kind of series of movements as a physiotherapist that would kind of keep the joints happy. But within that, there's also built in this uh, learning about sort of embodied awareness. So it's a kind, I would almost say it's like a kind of yoga Mm -hmm. in its purest form about movement, sort of bringing you into connection, bringing you into connection. Yeah. So there's that, you know, dancing, talking touch for a week lots of tears, lots of tissues <laughs> usually in beautiful environments
2: so it, it all makes sense and is there kind of and what is like the goal of the process is there an explicit goal like, to bring people more in touch with their bodies and kind of embodied emotion or is, is there a kind of loftier kind of overarching sort of idea there
1: Well, I suppose the lofty idea is kind of like uh, sort of printed in, although it's not really spoken about. You know, Mm -hmm. I think uh, a lot of people. There is a spiritual aspect to the work, and a lot of people kind of like always ask, like you know, was uh, was Marion particularly kind of spiritually orientated? And I think there 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 maybe was. I've seen photographs of her with armor on her desk, you know, so. If you kind of look for no, it, who, sorry. Amma, who's a spiritual teacher oh, okay. from India, right. <clears throat> who uses sheep hugs a lot. So okay. So I think yeah. it was there, but it was kind of implicit rather than explicit. Yeah. And she yeah. never, she never sort of explicitly said that it was kind of spiritual work, which I kind of appreciate. You know, just so like not turning it into this kind of grandiose kind of thing. Yeah, um, not giving keep, it a lot of baggage. Just yeah. keeping it really simple. Yeah. Very, very simple, just about kind of growing into yourself. We like to say healing the world one person at a time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what better work is there, Jay, yeah. in the world, right? right yeah. What? indeed. The, it's what, uh, yeah, what they call the work that reconnects, you know? Yeah. It's what's most needed right now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, um, that makes me think of something else. Uh,
2: Well, I've read it in a number of places recently, but, you know, like the most, the most important work is Mm. you can do is kind of self-transformation, right? And then that kind of brings... Absolutely. Yeah. And you can bring others along with you.
1: Yeah. 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 Know yourself, you know. And then, like, it just sort of ripples from Mm. there. Absolutely. Yeah. And so... How how many years are you into it? Twenty five years. Sorry. Oh my God! Listen, I mean, <clears throat> when did I start? Two thousand seventeen. So what is that? Five years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But this is gonna be this gonna be a continuing process. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, this is it for me. Um, it's also my insurance policy because I think Marion worked until the day before she died and she died, which was late in the 90s. So, you know, I know there's uh, probably an expiry date for any massage therapist. I mean, I can <laughs> feel it coming really. <laughs> So hopefully this is all going to sustain me into old age and I, it's it's lovely. I mean, I, I, I just think it's, it's work that you'll never stop learning, you know. I mean... It's, it's the work of being a human being. So that, you know, that doesn't have a, like a goal. Yeah. To answer your question, you know, it's, it's ongoing. It's just deepening and deepening. Yeah. Getting to more and more layers, right? Yeah. So this <coughs> you found your... This is, your is it. This is it. I'm just wasting my time with myself. <laughs> <laughs> what the, what the incredible kind of synchronicity that you went to
2: the jungle and kind of you know met.
1: Well, the... yeah, I know. I don't even talk about it that much because I know there's probably just a lot of people going like, oh my god, you know, even ayahuasca is like it's not everyone's cup of tea. But you know, we make we make our stories where we find, where they find us, right? Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah I, I'm just very grateful mm-hmm. that. That all of that sort of happened as it did, and I'm also very grateful to cancer you know like right really I am you know like it was my biggest teacher you know and it was like a real turning point for me, and it helped me just really wake up to myself in a very in a, in a way that I couldn't have it would have taken me much much longer right. so disease can be a great teacher yeah
0: yeah they
1: can you know it's a healing crisis yeah yeah <laughs> well yeah on, right, on grand proportions
2: yeah I was yeah I mean well there are some uh, well there's yeah cultures that believe that all disease is kind of spiritual disease right or it, all has, it all has a kind of spiritual um yeah. origin are you are you spiritual are you
1: Do you guys sound spiritual? (laughs) Well, I am a meditator, you know, and I guess I'm a seeker. You know, I'm not not always kind of sure what's kind of spiritual. It's such a a big badge that you wear yourself and I'm, I'm kind of careful. I've kind of like language around all of that. Yeah, know. it means different things to different people. But there's, yeah, there's always there's there's like the living the question. I guess that's a spiritual orientation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of mystical bent. Mm, yeah. yeah, mystical bent for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you can probably tell.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, well, your um, company is called
1: Unalom, mm. so that kind of comes from Buddhists. Oh yeah, this <laughs> is where it really gets weird. Right. And I really—I oh, really? didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know we were going to talk about that because nobody ever asks me about an And God knows, like until five years, I'd never heard the word. Yeah. But um, listeners, if I get any, but people are just going to run away when they hear this. So, <laughs> if you've done ayahuasca, you'll really you'll smile and you'll recognise what's going on. But like working with plant medicines, it's like a sort of like it can be like an feel like an intense download of information just it's so it can be so so intense and very often it's like you you kind of in this kind of space where you're receiving all this kind of stuff that you ask for and you consciously you just feel like how am i going to process it? i need to how am i going to remember any of this you know there's a part of you during a ceremony that's completely wide awake you know in a way. And so one night after a, um, a very intense <laughs> ceremony, I went back to my little huts in the jungle. And uh, the night before I thought like, tonight's the night where I write, I'm going to make do this, do the work properly. I'm not going to just lie there and bask in the kind of like work. Right, so, yeah. And I had my little torch and my little book and my pen all ready for me. And I came back. And I picked up my pen and I kind of like started writing. And the kind of like, and the medicine literally was so strong in my body that I just started like doing like weird little doodles. <laughs> just like she was saying, forget about trying to understand any of this psychologically or intellectually. And I was literally just watching the pen very closely, as you do when you're on WISCO. Everything is kind of like really heightened and it drew this like weird kind of squiggle, which is really beautiful. And then it was just at that moment that you said, that's it, that's all you need to know. You yeah, know, stop writing, which I did. I listened. And I came back and I was like reading through my notes and having a good laugh at that night where I thought I was going to be a good boy, <laughs> do my homework. And all I ended up was with this kind of like weird squiggle. And then I thought like, like something told me like, what, like, I don't know how it happened. But I think um, I came across like a tattoo thing on in, on Instagram uh, popped up on my feed, and there it was. It's it was the same squiggle, exactly, and I'd never seen it before. And it was like, oh, oh my god, what is this? You know, so I immediately sort of Googled more. So sort like, of, where does this? Where are the oranges? And it's actually Unalom is this squiggle that uh, comes from like a tradition of uh, um, Thai Buddhism, very old tradition where the the monks have these incredibly beautiful, intricate sort of tattoos on their backs and the Unanom is part of the language of that uh, tattooing tradition. And it literally represents our journey through life. So kind of like it starts with a, um, like a winding kind of thing that's, Represents our entanglement with uh, the ego and with life and stuff, and it kind of, kind of gradually unwinds to become this kind of beautiful long straight line that leads to it. So it's, it's a tiny visual representation of our journey into kind of clarity and enlightenment, mm. you know, in in Buddhist terms. So I just felt like, well. I don't have any tattoos because I never. I always kind of thought to myself, you know, people are always like, "Why don't you have a tattoo?" And I said, oh, well, if I find the thing that I yeah. feel is important enough for me personally to engrave on my skin till I die, then I'll I'll do it." And I, this might be it. I haven't. Uh, right. I haven't done it yet, but <laughs> this might be it. Yeah. <laughs> I just felt like yeah, it's one of those other stories. Where it's like I just wow, there's magic in this life, right? Yeah. These yeah. things happen and. You know, for anyone else that might just be a weird coincidence but like in my personal iconography it was very powerful you know it was a very powerful moment and it felt like I was going into body work and my body work was clearly I wanted it to be about that process for other people mm. kind of like loosening you know yeah. growing softening opening unraveling unraveling yeah. coming to kind of stillness coming to some sort of Embodied awareness uh, and so the unilome is the thing that mm-hmm. represents that But very few people ask about it. They just think it's a, a nice little squiggle yeah, on yeah. top of my website yeah. So it's there if you, Yeah,
2: well that kind of that can bring us back in from the esoteric kind of mm. realms back to um, Yeah the, uh, what, the, other, the other treatments that you offer, so yeah. the myofascial release.
1: Yeah, so, you know, I mean, like, listen, there's, for me, there's always been this kind of like, oh my God, there's so this rosin, which just goes, wow, right, just goes deep. You know, there's no messing around. And then there's massage. And as you know, 90% of people who come from massage, it's like, come with my shoulder, neck, hip, lower back, you know, mm-hmm. help me, I'm in pain always happy you know to do that but like ooh, where's the brick there i just wanted like something that i could fill my day-to-day life with that didn't feel just kind of clinical you know um and then uh yeah i did a an advanced uh uh massage training course in brighton uh where you know we kind of were shown all these kind of like modules of work and fascia was one of them and i just thought like. Oh my goodness, this is it. Here's something that's really interesting, you know, because it kind of goes, it has the potential to connect, connect a little bit deeper. So, you know, fascia is like sort of like my second big love. I love working fascially with people. As I think it's going to be the treatment of the future. It's kind of revolutionising what we think we know about anatomy mm. and kind of connecting emotion physical tension, health you know, it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, it seems Um, like it's a much more kind of holistic
2: kind of idea of uh, or mm, approach to viewing the structure of the body right than just muscles and bones and... Well
1: it's it's connective tissue if people don't know what fascia is, so you know, myofascia um, myo means muscle, fascia is connective tissue, so it's kind of In my fascial body work, um, we really work with the kind of fascia under the skin and the fascia that surrounds the muscle. Because that's what we are able to affect through manual therapy. A lot of the fascia in the body is just too strong, you know, to really make any difference with. So, But it is the tissue that connects, literally, you know, so it's the stuff that surrounds. Uh, Surrounds us, gives us shape, uh, makes sure that everything moves. Um, it gives us three-dimensional integrity because it gives us our shape. If you took the fascia away from the body, it would literally collapse. Um, but it also has this very interesting, which is now a subject of m- huge academic papers. It's kind of connection as a with the nervous system and as a, our biggest sensory organ. Yeah. You know. Right. Um, it has more sensory receptors than the skin, you know. And we always thought of the skin as being our primary feeling organ, you know, um, our know, feeling sort of tissue. And it turns out that fascia is, you know. So, um, and there's the you know fascial work range from people who do it fairly sort of clinically, you know, because you can actually affect. I have, uh, I know of people that treat like sports teams purely with fascia you know so like sports injuries and stuff so it's very effective but then there's like also people like john barnes you know the kind of grandfather of like fascia in america who works almost shamanistically you know with with what they call fascial unwinding where you you work with the connective tissue and somehow i mean this is not an area that i'm going to specialize in particularly but Um, Very often, uh, stress, trauma can be held in fascia, you know, so uh, when a fascia responds to any form of stress, whether that be external, like kind of uh, carrying a log, you know, for a living if you're a woodcutter, uh, there would be kind of stress on the shoulder continuously, or carrying a backpack, or for us modern people in London, like looking at your phone, like for you know eight hours a day, mm-hmm. or a computer screen. It forces the body to be in a position, you know, for periods of time, and that that's a stressor. Stress can also be like a uh, having a falling out of a tree or having an accident, or it can be emotional. You know, the, the body reads it all. There's kind of like tension, so all of that is going to affect the fascia to go from being really glidy, very watery, um, making sure everything kind of glides and moves to kind of almost, um, and I've got to be careful how I say this because, you know, this is an exaggeration, but it almost becomes like fibrotic. So it knits down, becomes kind of drier, loses some of its Mm -hmm. moisture and sort of forms tightness in the body. So, um, John Barnes do these kind of sessions where he works on on releasing, like you know, fascia, where the body can sometimes, if some say somebody has been in a car accident as a young adult, as a teenager, so they you know had whiplash or whatever, um, the body can sort of go back to the moment of the trauma, sort of physically sort of contort into the position, and then somehow release what was health in that moment and right. and go to normality. So fascinating stuff. It's very broad and there's just so so much. It's incredibly rich. Yeah. But what I love about it is that, you know, people can come, um especially when people come with uh you know, sometimes people can say, you know, like, oh, I slept funny or, you know, like I just wanna yeah. oh, turn my neck and and then I know you know, like, there might be fascia involved, but, but you will work more specifically. But when, you know, as more and more people come after the pandemic and say, this, this this general tightness, I just feel like I'm kind of held, like a sort of rubber band, you know, like a tight, and I think, ah, this is fascial territory, you know. And then you kind of sink in, and it's very slow work, you know, <laughs> like a release can take up to five minutes, so... You just find those kind of places, and you kind of allow you listening in, so it's got like that sort of rosin kind of quality mm-hmm. to it, where you're not using any force, you're not trying to do anything, you're just being with, and you're listening to the tissues, and then gradually, it can take a minute or two. It's almost like the kind of like you can feel it as a practitioner. You feel this kind of tissue come online, it starts listening back. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's magical. And then it starts moving, it starts releasing. And then you just kind of like follow it to where it wants to go. And there's maybe there's a barrier in your weight and, you and release it releases some more and that gives you a clue. And all the time you're inviting the client because they can feel it happening too. And yeah. they love it. It's the most amazing feeling where you can start kind of experiencing like things opening up in your body, you know, like it feels delicious. Um, for people but it's it's a kind of practice that invites a mindful presence for the client as well, which is what really appeals to me. And I really make that clear to my clients and I side. it's like this is not massage where you can just drift off you're on a beach, on a beach. You know, yeah, okay. On the clouds. <laughs> that's fine, you know, that's what we all need sometimes as well. But this work it kind of like invites you by its nature just to feel like what's happening, you know? Mm -hmm. And what's also happening somewhere else because the fascia is one continual thing. It's not a piece, you know? Yeah. So if you are restricted here, it might originate in your shoulder. It might actually originate in the hips or further down in the knee or something, you know? it's They say it's like the kind of the yarn in a in a knitted jumper that, like, you know, you kind of pull and it's sort of, like, it unravels somewhere else. Yeah, that In that kind of territory. So it's very mysterious. And it requires the practitioner, like, to kind of, like, have a huge presence with a person and a kind of, like, awareness of where to go next and kind of what to watch for. And so it's it's very difficult to nail it down to, like, a protocol. Yeah. It's very kind of intuitive, kind of, like, work very often and as I said it is, it's great because it really invites people to come in come, in, come into their bodies and listen because I might be working on their shoulder and I'll just say like, what else is coming up you know, where and then I'd say like, oh there's like, just like this kind of weird sort of twinge in the, in the hip and that'll give me a clue of where to go next because you know? that's probably where it's, there's the next kind of spot so you kind of like it's like following the crumbs yeah. on the trail and um Yeah, it's wonderful stuff. Uh, I can't. There's so much to talk about. I mean, it's just like fashion (laughs) is endlessly fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like you you were talking about earlier, you know,
2: we're encouraged so much um, in the modern world to like just be in Mm. our heads. Mm. And I was talking about this with Marta in the last podcast where, you know, even like physical activity is seen as something that is apart from life. Mm. You, know, mm-hmm. you put on a like gym, you yeah. put on an outfit and go to the gym or yeah.
1: something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Self-care. Yeah. <laughs> and the
2: mind is, is, is seen as this, a product of processes that occur in the brain, whereas, you know, yeah. I mean,
1: it, it's... Yeah, we, we live all up here yeah. and the body is just a sort of robot that sort of takes us from yeah. work to one thing to another, you know. and. Yeah, it's such a, it's a mysterious thing to kind of talk about because it feels like it's, it's so naturally different and yet we've become so disconnected that we're kind of like, look, what is this embodied business? You know, Mm. what is that about? Yeah, of course I'm embodied, you know. Yeah, Yeah, but, you know, so, hmm, what was the question? Uh,
2: I, I I don't think I've got to one, but, um, uh. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, yes. We encourage to think of the mind as being a product of processes that occur in the brain, but I mean, to me, it seems like uh, so much of our mind is, you know, is is our body. Our body is our mind. Hundred
1: percent. You know. I mean, yeah. Um, we, if you talk about embryology. You know, like right back to the you know our genesis, our beginnings in the womb. You know, like we grow, we grow out of and coming back to fascia, we grow out of fascial tissue. Mm -hmm. Like the, the kind of kind of watery substance, kind of fascia is like where we start, and then our body very our body grows itself. You know, so kind of tendons, bone, the kind of pieces that we think make you know that we can separate you know we have like this kind of historic uh, I'm all over the place with this but if you think of anatomy you know, our understanding of anatomy goes right back to the 13th 14th century yeah when they right. first started documenting and Da Vinci was the bigger exactly exactly and it's very interesting uh, you know they started studying in the west they started studying anatomy through working on cadavers that's how we learned medicine. right? prior to that, in the Middle Ages, it was all all about sort of like the humours and it was mm. sort of superstition and, you know, and then there was this kind of like break where the intellect came in and we are kind of like, no, we're going to figure out, you know, what all of this. And it's a patriarchal uh, thing, you know, it's, a, it's deeply patriarchal because it's like we have, we inherited this model of our anatomy as a kind of machine, of mm. kind of like, you know, Levers and kind of (laughs) like we kind of put together like a Meccano set, you know. Um, uh, And traditionally, uh, fascia was just kind of seen as this kind of weird, sticky stuff that we just scrape away and and, it ended up in the bin, you know. That's that kind of how the kind of life story goes. but the truth is that, you know, we not, we, there are no separate parts in the body. You know, there are muscles, bones, tendons, and it's difficult to challenge that because it's been entrenched of our understanding of how we put together and how we work. And that's probably, you know, coming back to what you were saying about us living in our heads, this is where it's interesting. Mm. And the body is this this kind of like thing, with, you know, bones working with muscles pulling and... If you can just entertain for a moment to kind of put that aside and think of the body as like one continuous thing with tissues that specialize into different tissues where they need it, you know, so that like the kind of tissues become strong and tenderness, you know, where at the kind of joint, not joints, but you know, because they are no, no joints, it's my idea, but like at these kind of areas where we need to articulate, you know, like the, so, um, and if you really I mean, look at living anatomy, uh, muscles can't be separated, they're very closely embedded in fascial tissue, so muscle mm-hmm. tissue very beautifully and naturally become fascial tissue that binds it to the structure next to it and it really can't be separated unless it's cut away. Yeah. And somehow we've landed up with this kind of like model, you know, that we see in all you know, these kind of massage clinics so kind of like the skeletal system, muscular system, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. It's just like all the kind of parts that you kinda of bring together. And actually they're not separated, they're all the same thing. So and fascia is the thing that can help us understand that. Now, as a practitioner, it blows my mind to kind of shift when I'm working from thinking about like, okay, working on the subscapularis and, you know, this is the attachment, the origin, like put that all aside and just think of it as like one thing, you know, so that you can Mm. sort of gently pull on the kind of ankle that you can actually release something in the hip, you know, so it it kind of like invites you to kind of think of the body as this beautiful thing that's helping this suspension of tension and relaxation constantly you know yeah it can sort of it's morphous and three-dimensional and it's sensing I mean this is the beautiful thing for me is that like the fascia is a sensing organ you know it's not we we so we do de- dehumanize ourselves so much by thinking of our muscles just as these workhorses that work somehow sort of mindlessly you know just contracting and relaxing so the fascia is kind of this kind of Sensing, we sense out into the world. You know, yeah. our fascia is the where we uh, is where we kind of sense out in the world whether we feel safe or not. You know, it gives us it's full of what we, as you will probably know, like mechanoreceptors. So, uh, like our sense of you know movement, um, interoception, like our sense of ourselves as like sort of like a sense of ourselves in ourselves you know so the, the fascia is the tissue that does that for us oh, sorry. Oh, sorry that's okay sorry. We'll, um,
2: we'll wrap up we'll yeah, out one awesome. minute sorry uh, We're so out of time, that uh, was Sarah the podiatrist <laughs> uh, who is in this room In has a client in this room in 10 minutes so yeah. we really need to wrap up but Peter it's been brilliant having you on the podcast I think we could have gone on for much longer so will you please come back in a future date I'd love Um, to more about fascia more about Rosen method maybe more about ayahuasca (laughs) Um, but yeah um Yes, yeah, in fantastic. you can be found at Unalone Body Therapy. Uh, that's your website. That's it. And by Healing Space.
1: By Healing Space. Anywhere else that people me. can find you? Uh, I work at Fix in London Fields. So I'm there uh, twice a week. But uh, all my clinic times and places where I work is on my website, unalone.co.uk. Great. Well, Peter Moritz, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Jeremy. <laughs>
0: Since my conversation with Peter, I have had a session of Rosen Method bodywork. Um, uh, it was at Peter's uh, treatment room at his at his house in uh, Hackney. Um, it was one of his supervised sessions, so there was a his supervisor was present too. So it wasn't kind of a, a run of the mill, you know, if there is such a thing as a run of the mill Rosen Method session, but um, yeah, it was different to what you would experience if you went there as a as a kind of private client. Uh, but nevertheless, it was uh, yeah, it was a profound experience. It was very different to massage, and it's made me as a therapist think about massage in a different way and how kind of uh, touch can be beneficial to people in ways that aren't just you know um, manipulating sore or tired muscles. Yeah, so how to describe it? Um, so I would, I was lying on a couch, just like uh, I would if I was receiving a massage. Um, yeah, Peter created a very kind of relaxing and calming environment there, and so he would be placing his hands on me, not in a kind of way that a massage therapist would, but more in a just kind of supportive holding way, and would basically ask me how I felt, and to my surprise stuff came up, you know. Um, And I've been to therapy, I've been to talk therapy with a couple of different therapists before and I went into this Rosen Method session consciously trying to be open to it and, you know, open to whatever arose uh, during the session. But yeah, I found myself talking about kind of an issue that I've been having recently and kind of psychological kind of block, if you like, around creativity and uh, autonomy and um, sort of about stepping into my potential. Um, and approaching that through the kind of the gateway of the body was, was very different to how you might approach the same sort of issue in talk therapy. And yeah, I left feeling not like I understood the problem more. But definitely that I was more physically connected to that problem or that the way that problem was manifesting in my mind had a physical counterpart in my body. And being able to kind of map those two onto each other somehow was really helpful in helping me make sense of it. Even though, you know, I didn't didn't come away with any great insights or um, like an, an idea of how to solve my problem, but I did feel better about it. and maybe that was just, you know, being able to talk about it, but uh, I didn't go there with the intention to talk about that problem. It came up in the session, and so that was what was going on in my body at that time. So yeah, I would definitely recommend it, uh, especially if you've tried talk therapy before. Um, it's very different to that, but I think potentially even kind of more helpful for certain kinds of issues. But... As I said, the conversation with Peter was cut short. Maybe we will get him back in the near future um, to go more into Rosen Method bodywork, more into fascia, maybe more into spirituality and psychedelics, but but yeah, um, it was certainly a conversation that I enjoyed having and I hope that uh, you enjoyed it too. Join me on the next episode of Healing Voices for a conversation with shamanic healer Jane Eggington uh jane is a shaman practicing in hackney um i've had a shamanic journey with jane and it well we'll talk about that on the next episode until then may you be well